0: Like my Colorado sway, when I'm in it play. I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. and when i it go, you know I'm bad. Get a with my Colorado, swag. My Colorado swag.
1: Welcome into the DNVR Buffs Podcast presented by the Colorado Exos. I'm Henry Chisholm, and I just heard from Carl Durrell and Colby Purcell and Christian Gonzalez. Uh, wow, this is always the toughest part of the podcast. I, you guys are probably picked up on that by the way that I take my time and try and remember all these people's names. But you, like, get off the call and you're like, okay, what am I supposed to say? The intro of the podcast. And then from there, it's like, oh, yeah, who were the three men I just talked to? Figured it out, though, as we always do. Um, that's the plan. Uh, Carl said it wasn't, wasn't a good practice. Um, we had talked uh, on Friday, the last podcast, about how... It's pretty crazy that things have been going so well in camp. Like, maybe we don't even take Carl Durrell's word anymore. Well, this is just what happens. Usually, you go through the first few days of camp, and nobody's played football in forever. And sure, there's a little bit of rust, but everybody's really excited to play, and things generally go well for the first few days. And then you hit, like, in, in this camp, it was day four. Sometimes it's day three. Sometimes it's day five you hit like a, a tough day and kind of the key going forward is where things go from there because i mean i've have i, I think i've covered 3 football camps now so it's not like i have i guess this would be my 4th this isn't like me speaking from a whole lot of experience but it does seem like in the camps that have generally gone well there's a good response, and and maybe, like, two or three days from here was, I think, what, there's 15 spring practices, um, and so two or three would be three or four of 15. Like, that's, that's a decent number of good practices. If you're Carl Durrell, you're asking for more, and you should be, but just as somebody who's covered four football camps or the three and, like, four practices, if you have, what, three or four bad ones out of 15, you're in decent shape, but... If it turns into a thing where it feels like every day the coaches are, like, battling the players, you run into problems. And, again, there's just no way of telling. I, I, I as you probably know, as a listener of this podcast, I, I have some faith in Carl Durrell and the players on the team. I don't foresee it being a problem, but that's uh, it's one of the things that happens in camp. That's one of the storylines. How many good practices, how many bad practices first bad one today uh we're gonna dig into some details in a second but first um a couple more words about the colorado xos the presenting sponsor of this podcast we have some big news the colorado xos won again they are now three and one as you guys know these are not like your traditional rugby players uh because they've only been playing rugby for like a, a Maybe a few years, maybe a couple of months. Um, They're coming from backgrounds in football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, not baseling, uh, and track and field. Um, A whole bunch of really great athletes. And like I said, they are currently 3-1. and That's really impressive uh, because they don't, in theory, know all that much about rugby. So um, what they're doing is building this rugby team out in Glendale, Colorado, at the Rugby Town National Training Center, the home of the Colorado Eagles men's and women's 15s teams. The idea is you get these rugby players who are just really good athletes who have to change sports for whatever reason, and then you try to get them onto the U.S. national team. It's a cool thing. Things are obviously going well. They're 3-1. and So make sure that you check out the uh, DNVR Rugby podcast, uh, the DNVR Rugby Twitter account. Uh, there's written content on the website. And, ooh, this is in red, which means I have to say it. If you didn't get the ticket you wanted as an elite athlete, check out the opportunities at Infinity Park. Rugby just may be your next ride. I know we have some former athletes who listened to this, um, recently former athletes. Hey, not, 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 a, not a bad option out there. Might be worth a try. Join a winner. Um, back to football, though. Um so bad practice what exactly does that mean Well it wasn't all bad uh, as Carl Durrell said you know there's uh, there was 60% of it that was really good but then at the end of practice there was uh, a little bit of a loss of focus um called it a rough day he said he wished it was better after the weekend um Again, he said, we can fix these things, but my standards are a little bit higher than last year. Um, we're not lowering expectations because we've done work. Some good stuff. That's some good stuff. Um, you know, actually, we heard from uh, Christian Gonzalez first today. So, usually, Carl's been going first. Um, we were told, like, Carl's he's, Carl has, like, 15 minutes. Or, Carl will be there in, like, 10 to 15 minutes. He's having, like, a quick meeting with the staff. From there, you know rare that you have, like, a spontaneous meeting just to, like, celebrate things going well. Um, But, yeah. Uh, What else do you have to say? There it is. Um, Again, just weighing toward the later part. Guys are getting tired. Uh, They were doing a lot of running and a lot of situational things. Um, There are more challenges and that stuff. Um, But, at the same time, they did the same thing last fall with the practices. And, as Carl Durrell said, that group did a better job with it. Um, again, as he said, not the end of the world, but there's a standard I shoot for each and every day so we can get that level of consistency. That is the whole point, because if you just show up and have bad days, well, sometimes during games, you're going to have bad days, too, and that's not going to go well. Um, obviously, it's one football practice, and it's no big deal, but if we're talking about the buffs on a daily basis on this podcast, you know, it's 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 the story of the day. Um... From there, though, a lot more positives. Uh, started things off, actually, uh, talking about the camo hat. He wore it again, wore it on Friday as well. Um, said there's always work that needs to be done. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, he was asked about Tristan Oliver, who's with the team. He committed to Colorado, wound up going to a Juco because of whatever was going on, um, but is now on campus for this, uh, well, not season, but this spring camp and through next season and the season after and I believe yeah the season after that um Carl said that he's playing safety he's doing well um right now he's dealing with a little lower leg strain he really emphasized how small it was he says practicing it's not full speed um He's a good-looking kid running around at the safety position. Hopefully, we can, or hopefully, he can do some scrimmages by the end of the week. I wrote a terrible note there. That was a terrible sentence. Um, obviously, that scrimmage is on Friday. Oh, I should say, just because it's usually good to give you an idea of where we're going. So, uh, another practice Wednesday. I'll have a podcast after that as well. Um, Friday is the scrimmage. I will be in Boulder at the scrimmage, and so that podcast will come out a little bit later Friday night. Probably about like 40 minutes later, just because that's the length of time it takes me to drive from Boulder to Denver. Um, But there you go. That's the plan for the week. And then there will be other podcasts too. But like tomorrow's podcast, not going to lie, I don't know what I'm talking about yet. (laughs) Um, Back to what Carl had to say, though. Um, He was asked about Christian Gonzalez. Makes sense because we had just talked to Christian. Um, And Carl said he's a good young player. Better than average job for a first-year player. Um, that's what he said about last year. Um, so confidence is good. Uh, he's had a really good off-season. Um, he said that he looks the part. He's being more aggressive in coverage. He's on the right path. Um, and you know, he was asked like, "What is what is kind of the ceiling for him? What what are the goals there?" And Carl, you know, think about how you would answer this. Because for a lot of us, um, and maybe this is a me thing because I'm out on the draft podcast, like, I put things in terms of, like, the draft, you know? Is he uh, he a first-round talent? Is he a fourth-round talent? You know, stuff like that. And and if you don't go there and then you say, like, oh, one of the best corners in the Pac-12. No, Carl Durrell gets specific, and I really appreciate it. He said, we're hoping somewhere down the line he'll be a guy who can handle a zone and doesn't need any safety help. He's working hard, he's excited, he's off to a good start, he's fired up about this challenge, and um, again, that is just such an interesting insight. Um, The idea that that is the big goal. And, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, what do you want out of a college corner? It's not like you're lining up and just going man across the board. That's just not how college defenses are built very often, because you don't have the personnel to do that, and... You especially don't have the personnel to do that year after year after year. You know, I wasn't obviously around for Colorado's Alamo Bowl run in 2016, um, but I've heard the stories, I've watched the highlights, and I would guess that that group of defensive backs probably could have gone man. And if they did, they were probably really successful. And if you guys reply to this podcast and say, yeah, that was like the key to the whole thing, like maybe they left a safety over the top and just had man-to-man coverage underneath cover one and you have uh, like just four guys, you know, five guys rushing even. Like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense for that to be the case of that group. But when you're changing pieces year after year after year, just assuming that you are going to have at a at a bare 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 minimum, two good man corners in college, and to be actually really good within that scheme, you probably need three good man corners in college. It just it just doesn't work well, and and you can get away with it some places. I'd be curious to see if anybody's like put together numbers on the percentage of plays in college football that are man versus zone, um and comparing that to the NFL. But I don't know. I, I, I do think that, um, it does obviously make a bunch of sense because if you're playing zone coverage, what do you want? You want to be able to say, okay, this cornerback can play the deep outside third and you can just shut that area down. You know, that that's what made Richard Sherman so special. Um, or, um, who's another good, just, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, that is kind of the thing. And if you could just say, okay, safety, don't even look out there. You're just sitting in the middle looking to make plays. Like, that is that is a good thing. So, I don't know. Always fun just to, like, get a peek inside of what the coaches are thinking. But, yeah, uh, we're hoping somewhere down the line he'll be a guy who can handle a zone and doesn't need any safety help. All right. Keep that in mind. Um, one more bit from Carl Durrell and... It's some good news. I mean, it's not, like, huge news or anything like that. Um, but he was asked about Brendan Lewis, just basically, like, how much how much different does he look compared to the last camp? And I think, so the question came from Justin Guerrero of Rivals, and he said, like, you know, would you say, like, he's kind of graduated from that developmental stage? And Carl said, yeah, he has graduated from the developmental stage. You love to hear it. Uh, from there, he said... We were all excited about him after the Texas game. Now, just imagine he's taken another step from there. Uh, he's reading through progressions very well. He's really poised, really confident in the pocket. He understands the system. Um, and he's finished it off by saying, "I've been very pleased with what Brendan is doing." It was a question about Brendan Lewis, and you know, at some point during camp, Carl's going to say, "You know what? It's it's been a bit of a tough camp." for somebody and it could be a quarterback or a receiver or who knows it's rare though because usually unless guys really deserve it you 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 don't say mean things to reporters about them. um although again this has been a very honest coaching staff i would say but again because it was a question about brendan lewis like don't take this as oh brendan lewis has the lead because that's who carl was talking about you know if he was asked about jt shroud instead probably would have said, wow, JT, he just has such a big arm. He, and that is basically what he said um, a couple days ago when we had the exact same conversation that's coming back to my mind now. Um, but with JT Shrout instead of Brandon Lewis. So definitely good signs. Um, and I've got notes from Christian Gonzalez. I've got notes from Colby Purcell. Uh, and we will be getting to those in just a minute. First, I want to tell you about this awesome deal that we're doing at DMVR. Um, again, when you become an annual member, you get access to uh, all the written content on the website. You get access to a members-only Discord. You get big beers for the price of small beers at the DMVR bar. Get weekly deals uh, from the DNVR locker. Um, all sorts of stuff. But right now, we have something fun going on. If you sign up to become an annual DMVR member or any membership that's longer than a year, uh, not only do you receive a free shirt of your choice from the DMVR locker, but you will also get a Recover Holistic Stick from Holistic Wellness. What's that, you ask? Holistic Wellness is all about the CBD. The stick we will send you packs 10 milligrams of CBD, and this one is focused on recovery. All you do is pop the top of the stick, pour it in any drink, stir and consume. They're amazing. They're easy to use. There's no mess. Again, just grab the stick, pop the top, stir. It's easy. Um, Check out the reviews at holisticwellness.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. Better yet, they're offering our listeners 30% off their first purchase using the code DMVR30. Um, Or again, you can just get an annual membership, a free DMVR shirt and a holistic stick with a coupon inside Uh, Instead, it's a banger of a deal. Um, Again, you can use that code DMVR30, though, at holisticwellness.com for 30% off. Also, um, every time I I just have to scroll. Okay, there we go. Uh, It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia, to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week... DraftKings is giving you 100 to 1 odds on the golfer of your choosing to finish in the top 10. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. You pick any golfer from this weekend's tournament. And if they finish in the top 10, you cash $100. Um... DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Um, If I were to pick a golfer, I feel like Bryson's a safe bet. He's going to be in it as much as anybody wants to punch him. Like, it doesn't matter. He's just too good at golf. And did he do it by kind of alienating a bunch of older viewers of the game? Yeah, he did. Honestly, I don't even really care about that part of it as much as it is just it doesn't. We don't need to get in all my Bryce feelings. Point is, he's a good golfer. He's got to finish in the top ten. Um, I, I personally, I'm I'm going to put like kind of an emotional hedge on him to win, so that uh, he, my strategy is this: I always take like one golfer a day. Uh, so like Wednesday night before the tournament starts on Thursday, I'll I'll go through and I'll say, huh who do i want to bet on in this tournament and usually i come up with like colin morikawa or justin thomas like those are my favorites uh from there on thursday you watch and you're like okay who's somebody who's like not right at the top because their odds are gonna be bad but somebody who's close you know and you pick somebody else and you bet on them to win and then on day three or day two then you do the same thing day three you do the same thing day four by day four the guys who are going to win, like it's kind of like one of ten more often than not, because too many guys are just too far behind. And so when you have like one in ten, then all of a sudden, like the odds of you picking the winner, they they go up. And so by taking just one golf for a day, you wind up with, uh, what? five bets. And oh, the whole point of this was though,, uh, before the tournament, I actually make a second bet. well actually, I guess a sixth bet. Doesn't matter how the bets are counted, I guess. The point is, the bet is on Bryson DeChambeau, because he ruined too much of this for me. So many times, I would have one of my golfers surviving to the very end of the tournament, and then be like, oh, okay, him or Bryson, and Bryson won, and so then at this point, i just say, you know what, if Bryson wins, I win too, and I'm going to hate myself a little bit for it, but I'll quickly get over it, because I'll be making money. So there's my strategy. Um, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the golfer of your choosing finishes in the top 10 of this weekend's tournament. Again, Bryson will be right up there. That's code DMVR to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Breckenridge Brewery, there's the other, Uh, Breckenridge Brewery, Uh, we love them, we especially love their seltzers, Um, uh, they're, they're basically like beer, except that they taste more like sugar water, and don't have as many calories, to me... That's just like a, a, a pretty good trade-off. Again, I'm not like the diehard beer guy. And if, and if you're a diehard beer guy, don't worry. Breckenridge Brewery has you covered. But you know if if you're like a dnvr supporter who doesn't really like the taste of beer just not your thing and you've been thinking like oh i really wish i could go buy these beers and support um this company it'd be like oh yeah well that sucks but now now they have a seltzer and they designed it just for people like you again it's really good we've all been drinking a lot of them um to me to be honest like there's there's seltzers and then there's really 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 bad seltzers. And you know immediately. Like like you you take one sip and you're like, "Oh, this is this is just fine or oh, ugh, terrible." Um the Breckenridge seltzer is actually like yeah, a, a good drink. Again, I I don't like the taste of alcohol, to, to me like the best you can do is like uh, yeah, sure. That water doesn't matter to me, tastes about the same, doesn't really get me excited, but yeah, strawberry sky, I guess, changes that a little bit. But also, the seltzers they crossed that threshold, which is uh, which is rare for me. The the Breckenridge seltzers, very good, called the uh, Good Company Seltzers. If you want to check them out, you can go to the Breckenridge Brewery website, go to the beer locator, it'll tell you exactly where you can pick up whatever you want to try, whether it's the beers, the seltzers. Like, you just put in what you want, you say avalanche amber ale. 80203. If you live in my zip code, and then it will put on a map all of your different options. It's just a—it's just a nice, easy tool, and honestly, a lot of fun. Okay, um, back. So let's go to Christian Gonzalez first. So he actually talked before Carl, um, but because I like not changing the order of these things on the podcast, we went with Carl first. Um, Christian not the most talkative you know he's he's very confident smiley uh thinks about what he's going to say but again you know he answers questions in like two or three sentences whereas colby purcell carl Durrell, some of those guys it's like two or three paragraphs and the strengths and weaknesses to both not like judging one way or the other um but just want to say christian shorter side on the answers so we might be kind of flying through this He said that um, film study has been very, very helpful for him. Um, And he said he's learned how to use film study and believe it. And I think that believing it part is the big part. And he said, you know, that is the big thing. And I don't know. I I feel like that's one where I I probably could. I'm very curious now in hindsight. I wish I had asked more questions. But yeah, he's trusting the film study. Which I guess I could see the difficulty. The difficulty would be that, you know, you, you see the player that you are guarding and the film says, here's what's going to happen. But are you really going to try to jump the route because, you know, on film, that's what happens? or Are you just going to sit back there and not get beat, you know, and, and there's stuff like that. And, and, and that would be if he's, he's struggling to believe the film and use it on, you know, high upside plays. Kind of makes sense, considering he didn't have an interception last season. Uh, but, you know, I, I, the, there's different issues that he could have. That's the one that comes to my mind, and that would be my guess. Uh, but, yeah, he did say, use film study and believe it. Uh, that's who he's been working on. He said, that's what I've struggled with. But, again, he feels like he's in very good place. He's been studying film well. So don't even worry about what that problem was. But it may mean... He trusts himself to make some plays that he didn't trust himself to make before, because again, it wasn't based on what he was seeing the receiver do. It was based on what he'd seen on film. Um, on top of that, he, he, when, uh, what did I ask him again? Um, Oh, I I, I asked him, like, do you feel more confident after going through last year? Like just can't feel different this year. And he said, yeah, he definitely feels more confident. Um, having like a half of a regular season under his belt. Uh, He said that, you know, the game is slowed down for him. And then I followed up and said, well, how did the game slow down? He said, I'm digesting the offense better. I'm seeing more than just what the receivers doing. Seeing what the offense is doing at the same time. Again, that's kind of where I pulled a little bit of the, what the film study thing could be makes, makes a whole lot of sense. Um, That's big though. Again, like when you think of, the best cornerbacks in the NFL sure like they they typically do have a whole bunch of physical traits that help them be that person but the the game changer is what goes on in their heads you know again broncos reference 2015 they go and win the super bowl that was maybe the smartest defense that who knows how long there's been since one of those and and that's one of those things where people think about to leave and they think well that was the guy who stole the chain off the other of receiver's neck um the same receiver who he uh went on national tv after a game and was talking about and then uh he also stole the chain again and he also shot himself in the leg and so it's really easy to kind of get bogged down with all the things that were happening with to leave on the side keep though One of the smartest cornerbacks in the league. Spends more time watching film. Spent, sorry, retired. Spent more time watching film than just about anybody. And, you know, Chris Harris. All of the really good cornerbacks, really smart. Not always, like, real life smart. You know, strengths and weaknesses are everywhere. And in terms of, like, the human Richard Sherman. One of the strengths, very bright guy. And you see it when he plays football. Again, he's playing that deep third zone. He looks up the field. That's his territory. And he knows what's going to happen before it happens. If you can do that, you're going to be a lot better athlete. That's what Christian Gonzalez needs to learn. Sounds like it's going well. Um, Talked a little bit about choosing Colorado um, because he had some other offers. Uh, Adam mentioned a couple when he... um, Asked the question, but included Michigan, others like that. Some some, some big-name schools. And Christian said, you know, he believed he could go anywhere and, and play right away, but he did really like that he could come here and play right away. Um, let's see. What else do we have in here? Um, said that everybody's learning the new defense well. Things are going great, he said. Um, he says that the info from film study and meetings has been – really helping everybody, he thinks. Um, he says he feels like he stepped into more of a leadership role, especially in the cornerback room. Uh, Talked me a bit about Makai Blackman, who was the starter on the other side of the field. I think Christian Gonzalez, he, I think it was right side of the field, like 75% of his snaps were outside right corner, um, and then with Blackman on the other side. And Christian said, you know, Makai did take me under his wing. He still does. He helped me understand the game, and he was part of the process of slowing it down. Um I asked him just, like, out of curiosity, because we had a little bit of time for one more, um, just whether he could see any changes in the offense. And, again, like, not to, like, I'm not asking for your secrets. And But he said, yes, um, we can see the change. It feels like things are going well. Um, also, Dave Platy, the, uh, I, what is his actual title? I'm pretty sure he's the, what do they they call Associate Athletic Director of Communications. Would be my, or maybe maybe it's just of sports information, something like that. I uh, I cheated. I paused the recording and went and checked. I was correct. Associate AD, sports information director. I I didn't throw the director in there. There we go. Um, point is, he did say, and and this is probably the only place you're gonna hear this. Colorado's offense is not changing to the wishbone. So. If uh, any of you were holding out hope that we were going to see Brendan Lewis right in the middle with uh, Alex Fondo to his left, Ashad Clayton to his right, and uh, uh, Jarek Broussard behind him, well, bad. actually, that's not how you do that. You, probably put, you might actually put Alex in the back because that's like the fullbacks. It doesn't really matter, I guess. Um, but you want the speed on the edges. The thing about Alex... Well, one of the things is we haven't seen him since a a major injury, Um, but also, I mean, this isn't breaking news, but he doesn't have great breakaway speed. What he really has is like the patience in the middle, and that's why you probably would if you wanted to run the wishbone. He's probably your like downhill fullback type, not like perfect for the mold, but who knows? Like what even is the mold for a wishbone offense in 2020? He might actually be perfect for the mold at this point with everybody getting faster everywhere and lighter everywhere. According to Dave Platty, though, doesn't matter. We'll not be seeing the wishbone. So uh, I hope that you guys take that news better than I did. Um, I think that's it for Christian Gonzalez. I put my note on how to get into the field house right below. Almost read that. Probably would have got my credential pulled. Um, Colby Purcell. He, uh, He does have a lot to say. I always enjoy listening to Colby because he puts a lot of thought into everything and like me like he can kind of talk fast and because of that a lot of you, not many thoughts don't come out and and it i don't know it's it's a fun i like hearing from him for that reason uh first question was whether he pr- prefers tough word uh morning practices or afternoon practices he said, uh, he likes getting a couple meals in him before practice. Also said, I don't want to sound like a stereotypical lineman, but yeah. Um, I wonder about that because never in my athletic career was I somebody who like would just physically overpower anybody to me. Like, it's not that I was like quicker. I mean, again, I'm not big. I'm not strong. I'm not quick. I'm not fast. Of course, like that should not surprise anybody. I'm doing the podcast, not playing football. Um, but yeah, like as somebody who comes from my background, I can't imagine like enjoying the feeling of having eaten a couple of meals before I went and played a sport again. Me in my role on the lacrosse team or the golf team, uh, very different or, or the speech team very different than Colby Purcell's role for the Colorado Buffalo. So I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll trust him on this one. Uh, Talked about the injuries. He's had a a bunch of injury troubles. I think he played, did he play two or three games last year? Um, I missed a couple the year before as well. He said, though, that he feels great. Um, He said that he feels like Shannon Turley has been incredibly helpful. Um, He said it has been like a really weird trip I've been on as far as these injuries. Um, Again, say he feels great, thinks Turley's a good addition. You'll, You'll like to hear it. You you definitely like to hear it. Um, he was asked about having a third head coach, uh, having a third offensive line coach as well. Although obviously that changes last off season, and he said, e- you know, each coach teaches differently and you can learn different things from each of them and add tools from each of them. Um, and so that's the approach he wants to take. He did say like it was difficult at times. It was a very unique experience for sure, but he got to learn from three different coaches. Um, he feels like it made him more well-rounded and he says, I'm going to make it work to my advantage. That is, that is the thought process that is you want. Um, I asked him about Will Sherman and replacing him. Uh, Colby said, you know, we developed together. And I'm kind of missing him as a person. Uh, and he said, you know, in terms of football, people come and go all the time. We develop guys so that we don't have to skip a beat. Um, we have some guys who have taken some big steps forward. And they're guys who want to play. Um, he said more than that. Talked a little bit about... Uh, how, mostly it's kind of repeated, we have taken steps forward. We do have guys. We have been um, developing well. Um, and, and again, with one hole on the offensive line, again, assuming health, knock on wood, there should be somebody to fill that role. And it's it's definitely good to hear Colby say um, that uh, he, he, he feels confident. But Colby also threw a name out there for us again this is what you live for this time of year just names just unprompted names you know we talked about brendan lewis earlier you know carl said a whole lot of things about brendan lewis again graduated from the developmental stage i'm all excited about the texas game but imagine he's taken another step since there he's reading through the progressions well he understands the system he's poised he's confident very pleased with ways all of that stuff imagine if he had said that without getting asked about him You know, if, if he wasn't prompted to bring that, up, if he got to the point where he, he just got up to the microphone and thought, Hmm, what do I need to say today? Here's what I need to say today. Um, you don't get it all that often, obviously, but without being asked, like who in particular has impressed you, Colby Purcell threw a name out there, Josh Gines, uh, a guy who I thought, you know, could have cracked the rotation in the last couple of years, um, Somebody we've been watching, uh, another guy from DeSoto, Texas, came along um, very, very close with Katie Nixon. Um, and obviously some of the other DeSoto guys as well. Uh, but there's a name. And and Colby did say, like, other guys are playing well too, but wanted to shout out Josh Giants. Love to hear it. Um, he's been working at right guard, I believe, Carl – yeah, I know that. I know it's guard. I believe it's right guard, according to Carl last week. So, uh, there you go. There's there's a name to keep an eye on going forward. Um, because he brought up Turley, uh, Colby was asked about Turley again and basically saying, like, What has the experience been? And he said, it's been different. Um, I'm not going to say that one is better than the other, but I will say that similar to the offensive line coaches, I'm going to learn from the differences. Um, From there, he said, you know, they are both smarter than me. Um, And uh, he said, you know, we learn how to be adults from those guys. You know, those are some early mornings. Uh, you, you start with the strength coach, and he said, you know, we see him more than our position coach. Um, since you're 18 or 19 years old, you can't grow with him. And he said it's important. He had good things to say about Turley, um, but he also said, you know, I, I learned some things from Drew that I'll definitely be keeping in mind, might be going back to, um, whether it's at this point or later on, you know. Um, good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, Colby is playing center right now. That's what we expected. He played center... Last year when he was available, he played guard the year before uh, when he was available and he played center the year before that the whole season and played well. Um, One more point to get to. He was asked whether he's been talking with Will about playing center because uh, Will is, you know, showing off his versatility is what it's kind of about but at the same time you know he spent 10 weeks training to be a center getting help from a uh, recent super bowl champion ryan jensen the center for the tampa bay buccaneers um so all that was going on before pro day um a lot of the drills that will did were based on playing center uh, which is interesting but it, it does kind of make sense for him um colby said uh he has talked with will about it though um and said it's kind of like It's a little bit weird because he's a tackle in high school. He's a tackle at CU. But at the same time, he said, like, we kind of expected it. We know where guys are going to fit in at the next level. Um, And, you know, Will Sherman, arms not quite long enough. You know, at 6'4", 315 maybe, you know, you're probably tall enough to play tackle. But if you're a 6'4", left tackle, you're probably, I mean, what? At least twenty-five of the thirty-two or thirty-one other tackles are probably taller than you. Again, that's fine. But length is important on the edge, and and so you know, you you do see why Will would fit better at center. And again, the fact that he played left tackle in college, it's only going to help him moving forward. Um. Yeah, I think that that's it um four minutes before tip off of the national championship Gonzaga and Baylor so I'm gonna jump off I'm gonna post this podcast and I'm gonna watch that and I'm gonna write about actually I hadn't realized um what am I gonna write about Whew, this is a tough decision very tough decision uh maybe Christian Gonzalez I think we're think we're going Christian tonight We'll probably do something with Colby tomorrow. Um, That's going to do it, though. I'll be back tomorrow with another podcast. No practice until Wednesday, though, so stay tuned Wednesday night. There will be another post-practice pod in your feed. um, 8 o'clock probably Wednesday, and then a little bit later on Friday after the scrimmage. Uh, We are, what, 4 or 15 practices through. Pretty crazy. Well on our way. A third of the way after Wednesday. Um, Appreciate you guys sticking around and hanging out oh if you wouldn't mind give me five stars wherever you listen to the podcast i would really appreciate that um and yeah i'll see you guys tomorrow
0: i think they like my colorado swag because when i'm in it play i don't really i don't really know just how to act and when i'm in it go you know i'm acting bad holly get a bus with my Colorado sway, my colorado swing, my colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my colorado sway, my colorado sway, my colorado sway, not swear, I think they like my color. Colorado swag, my Colorado swag yeah. is pushing 180. speeding past competition, see you later, baby. baby. Colorado army yeah. with soldiers like the navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed patiently awaiting. Whoa. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado and it's the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid uh-huh. you're afraid because you know. Hit hey, hey, you hey. on your own now. Why you watching the uh, official? You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. God. And we you playing with till you can get. Get big blast side, line, no revival. Get them bugs, kill them mess them up, we say we got 'em. If we don't, then we'll get 'em when we see 'em. Then we act like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it, play. I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holla, get a books, with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sweat. cause when a minute play, I don't really know just how to act. And when a minute go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a with my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. Mine, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag.